da 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 Amen. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. Talking about prayer. Maybe you're hanging out with us. You're going to them. We're going to see if they okay. Praise God. All right. So, we want to get right into the Word of God. There you go, sir. All right, everybody got your Bibles, everybody got the Word, everybody ready to go, memory verse, First Timothy, you don't have that one? That's right, you were AWOL last week, wasn't you? <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> everybody was AWOL last week, what's up with that? <laughs> Anybody need a Bible? Anybody need a Bible? All right. Okay, we're talking about Christian soldiers in prayer. Amen. Go ahead, sir. You just <laughs> Timothy Paul says to Timothy, I exalt therefore that first of all supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life with all holiness and godliness and honesty, right? (laughs) But this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior would have all men be saved and come into... Okay, good, good, good. All right, so you're getting there. You're getting there. You're memorizing the verse of Scripture. Amen. So notice, amen, Paul says, I exalt first and foremost that prayer. Amen. Now, last week was talking about at the end, I was talking a little bit about blasphemy. I was talking about a little bit about the value and importance of understanding God's grace, God's mercy. You know, and the Bible tells us the only unpardonable sin is the sin of blasphemy. So all other sins, they're forgiven. You can repent and come to God, and he will forgive you. But blasphemy, as as I was explaining, when Jesus made that comment that all sins are forgiven but blasphemy, he had just cast out the devil out of a man, and they began to say, you casting out the devil by the spirit of Bezalel of the devil. And he basically said, you're almost blaspheming here, guys. (laughs) Basically what he said, you know, because if you says that that... these things are happening by the devil, then you're you know, getting close to blasphemy and stuff. And so that's the only sin that's unpardonable. Amen. All other sins you can be forgiven of. Amen. And that's that blasphemy is that sin unto death. There is no forgiveness. Okay. So as long as God hasn't come, no matter how bad your sin it is, you can be forgiven. You know, that's, that's why there's so many, Paul says, and all the writers are, are letting us know that the things that was written before was written for our example that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, can find hope. Amen. God forgives us. Amen. And he's willing to forgive everyone. For who shall come unto me, I will in no wise do what? Cast out. Amen. He's not going to cast out. When you come to God with a sincere heart, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7.10 that godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. So God will forgive you. And this is one of the things why prayer is essential, and this is why it's important that we learn how to pray. Amen. Number three on your sheet on page one, it says that it is proper for us to meditate beforehand what we are asked they are to ask of God and to arrange our thoughts that we may not come thoughtlessness, thoughtlessly, excuse me, into His presence. Amen. We want to know what we're going to ask God. You want to be ready. You know, you want to, you know, write it down on a piece of paper. You know, what are you going to pray about? You don't want to, you know, gunshot blasts are good sometimes, you know, but you want to have your thoughts in line. Paul, right into the church at Corinth in the second uh, uh, chapter of, I mean, second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5 through 5, he says, Though we walk in the flesh, 
We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. So you see, you want to bring your thoughts in line, you know, with God, with the Word of God. You know, you have not because you ask not. See, you want to get your thoughts in line. Let's go to Genesis 24, get a good example of getting our thoughts in range before we go to God. Genesis 24, verse 10. Genesis 24, verse 10. You know, this story here is when Abraham's getting old. Isaac don't have a wife yet. And Abraham sends his servant to go get Isaac a wife. The servant really don't know how to basically go by doing this, and so he decides to pray. Verse 10, And the servant took ten camels and the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his masters were in his hand, and he rose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. Verse 11, And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, and even at the time that women go out to draw water. Verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Verse 13. Behold, I stand thee here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, and I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness to my master. Verse 15. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, <laughs> look at this, before he was done speaking, and behold, here comes Rebecca, <laughs> tiptoeing through the tulips, came out, who was born to Bethel, son of Michael, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with their picture upon her shoulder, verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said to her, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. Verse 19, And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they, until they have done drinking. Verse 20, And she hastened and emptied her pitchers unto the trough and ran again into the well and drew water and drew for the camels. Amen. Get your thoughts in order. Okay? So that when you go to God, you can tell Him exactly what you need. You know, here He is, man. He's praying before He's ever finished. God knows what we have need of before we ever ask of Him. But we must come in faith believing. This is how why Hebrews eleven six says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So we need to be ready. We need to have our thoughts in line, amen, of what we want God to do. And Mark chapter 10, when the blind man was sitting by the wayside and Jesus came by, he began to cry out, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to get him to hold his peace. And he got louder, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus stopped, he says, bid him to come unto me. And when he came, Jesus says to him, what will you have me to do? He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus says, receive your sight. Be it done unto you according to your faith. And immediately he received his sight. You know, so when you go to God in prayer and he asks you, what do you want? What are you going to tell him? You know, you need to be ready to tell him what 
you are wanted when you go to Him. Amen. What is your need? Get your thoughts. Put them in order. Arrange them in order that when you come so you're not thoughtless there before Him. Amen. Paul goes on in Timothy. He says, I exalt therefore, amen, that, that you know, desire and exhortation. He wants us to, to be lifted up here. Amen. And so, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. First Timothy 2.8. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. See, when you pray, it controls your anger. <laughs> it gets angry out the way when you pray. It's hard to talk to God mad. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you want to go to God with a clear conscience and clear mind. Say, you want to be at peace. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So when things upset your apple cart, the best thing to do is pray. Say, you want to get a hold of God. You want to turn your eyes upon Jesus, as the song says, and look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, you, you want to be ready, amen, to, to, to get a hold of God at every moment. Pray without ceasing here, amen, that men would pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, amen, without wrath and, and without doubting, amen. Now, last week we was talking a little bit, we was talking about going into your secret closet, remember? We was talking a little bit about that. And Matthew 6, Jesus, uh, you know, he begins to say, you know, to come into your secret closet. Every child of God and every saint of God, should have a secret place to where you can get along with God and pour out your heart to God without fear, without caring about who hears it or whatever. You should have a secret place, you know, to where you can get, a, get along. I, I've heard stories about how old mothers and and the onset of the Pentecostal movement in America, out behind their houses, they had like tree stumps and stuff that they could walk out towards the woods and go to that old tree stump and, and kneel down there and begin to, to cry out to God and begin to pray to God. Amen. And, and they, there have been stories told of how old fathers would, would have places in old crib out back and they had knelt down and prayed so long that their knees had, had wore prints and grooves into the wood where they had, would always go there and pray in that secret closet and pour out their hearts to God. Amen. And, and begin to cry out. I can remember Brother Kilgore when he did my, my ordination in Hong Kong and he was preaching. He was telling the story about when they first went to Texas and how people would throw rotten eggs and rotten tomatoes and things at them uh, as, as apostolics coming into the city. But his father kept praying. You know, his father would get a hold and pray, and he could hear his father crying out all night to God, amen, to save this city of Texas that they were in there in Houston. And, and pretty soon they was able to get a foothold into that place, amen. we got to get along into our closet, and we've got to pray, amen. We've got to pray for our family. We've got to pray, amen, for our loved ones. All of us probably have someone in our family sphere that is not serving God right now, you know. And it's these people that Paul says, you know, he says, I, I exalt first of all supplications and prayer and intercession. We need to have that spirit of intercessory. Amen. That we begin to cry out to God in our secret closet. We need to put our loved ones on the altar. Amen. Before God and keep their names constantly before the Lord. Calling their names day and night and through our praying without ceasing. Asking God to bring them back and to turn them around. Amen. I don't know if the prodigal son's father prayed for his son to come home, but we need to pray that, as the, as the Bible says, the prodigal son came to himself. He came to himself and he realized, I need to get up and I need to go home. My father has 
what I have need of. I'm perishing here in this hog pen, which is the world. This world is trying to kill me out here. But my Father has everything that I have need of. So I need to get up and I want to go home. We want to pray that kind of prayer. You want to, you want to put your children, you want to put your loved ones, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, whoever, you want to be calling their name out to God, amen, that they will come to themselves, amen. And they begin to realize, my Father's house has everything that I have need of. I will rise and I will go home. Proverbs 14, 14 says that the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own way, and a good man is satisfied from himself. So see, you want to get that prayer so that they would come to themselves. And as Paul says, Timothy, go to Second Timothy, I think it's chapter 2, uh, somewhere. Let me get my Bible here. Second Timothy, chapter 2. Da, 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 da. Twenty-four. Twenty-four through twenty-six. And the servants of the Lord must not strive, but must be gentle to all men, apt to teach patience and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God prevents you or God by chance will give them repentance to the acknowledge of the truth. Remember what Paul said? God wants every man to what? Be saved and come where? To the knowledge of the truth. So once a man repents, he turns around, he's automatically now starting to head to truth. Because he's realizing I'm wrong, I want to go to God now. I want to give my life to God. And we know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So once he repents, that's why heaven gets excited. Because he's getting excited over one sinner that repents. And so as a result, when they repent, they're turning the truth now. And we need to get excited, <laughs> amen, when, we, when they make that move, amen, that we're coming to the knowledge of the truth, amen, and that they may what? Recover themselves out of the snare of the devil which is taking them captive at his will. See, once they come into the knowledge of the truth, they will begin to understand how the truth now makes you free. See, and they realize that it's Jesus that makes us free. It is Him that breaks the strongholds. It is Him that delivers. Not the man, amen, but Jesus Christ Himself is the one that sets us free and to break these strongholds, amen. So He's not willing that any should perish, but that all men will come to repentance. So we got to get into this intercession thing. We got to look. If there's ever been a time that the church should pray, you, you can find a lot to pray about. My goodness, just look around. Just pick up the newspaper. <laughs> you know, you open the front page of the newspaper in the morning, and there's somebody on the front page is either going to jail for doing something dumb, or, or something is happening. Somebody has lost a loved one. You know, something is going on. You listen to the news on the radio or the TV. The world is turned upside down. We can find many things to focus our prayer, you know, on. You know, so Paul is saying, I, I want you to supplicate. What is your need? What is, what are you going through? What are you facing in your life? Your supplication. You know, what is happening deep down inside of your sphere? That, that you need deliverance or you need something to take place. What about your children? What about those in your sphere? The Syrophoenician woman, she came to Jesus and, and she came to Him and she says, Lord, help me. And Jesus said, well, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to devil. She says, true, Lord, but even the dogs eat the... The, the crumbs that falls from the master's table. She stayed with it. She was consistent. And this is why Jesus says in Luke 18:1, I would that men would pray and not faint. Keep asking and don't give up. See, 
Hold the fort. Keep, keep praying. See? Keep bombarding heaven. He hears us. As he told Peter, could you not tarry for one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. When Jarius came to, to, to get the Lord, you know, he says, Lord, my daughter is homesick. Come and heal her. And while he's coming, you know, with her, you know, what takes place? The woman with the issue of blood, except the apple cart. She stops Jesus with touching him. And as a result, now after this situation in Mark chapter 5, when you begin to read it, after some, after Jesus finished her, his servants came and said, Oh, I'll leave the master alone. Your daughter is dead. You know? And Jesus turned to him and says, Be not faithless. Just believe. And when Jesus come to the house, he kicks them, all the mourner, professional mourners out, and he goes in, amen, and he just raises her back to life. Amen. We, we, what is your need? You know, it's, it's one thing to, to bring people to Jesus, but it's another thing to take Jesus to them. You are the light of the world. See? And so you want to bring Jesus to people. This is why a lot of times when you're in Walmart or whatever or on the job and somebody's going through things in your life, don't be afraid to ask them, can I pray for you? That's bringing Jesus to them. Right there where they are. You know? And it can make a difference. So supplication. What are your needs? What do you need Jesus to do for you? Intercession. Amen. Family prayer time. There should be unity in, in family prayer. You know, n- not only when you're doing your meals, but other times in your personal family devotions. Husbands, wives, children, sitting around, praying, talking to God. You know, it, it'll make a difference. I, I can remember the first time I went down to Georgia when... Brother and Sister Miller was, was stationed down there. And every morning before the kids got ready to go off to school, they would do a devotion. And then they would have what, they, what, is it, what was it called? Five minute. Was it five minute? Uh, oh, man. What was it called? You remember? Five minute attack or something. Anyhow, but all the kids, you know, the whole family, all of them from mom, dad, and the children, they found a, a spot to pray for five minutes because they knew the school bus would be there in about in about six minutes. So it gave them time to pray. And then they had a minute to get their book bags and stuff and go out the door and get by the road so when the bus got there, they could get on the bus. But every day they went off that to school that way. Amen. That's what we got to do. Amen. We've got to pray in our families. We've got to get prayer back into the home. We gotta get prayer, amen, back for one another, praying for one another and encouraging one another and building up one another. Even praying in our assemblies. You know, that's why if you notice here, we have prayer half an hour before every church service. You know, we come together as men and we pray. We have ladies prayer. You know, we pray together. This is important. Amen. But a lot of times people say, oh, I'm too tired to go pray. Oh, you know. Well, I just pray home. You know, we need to come together. The Bible says, neglect not the assembly of yourself together. What, what would happen if, if you came to a prayer meeting and all of a sudden what you had been praying for, God answered it? What would you do? Would you jump? Would you leap? Would you run? What would you do? You know, we should never neglect. Amen. Usually people that won't come and pray is because they have a broken, a hurt heart a lot of times. You know? And what a better place to heal the broken heart than in the presence of Jehovah. As the song says, in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts amended in the presence of the King. Amen. Oh, we should have a desire. We should have that earnest desire, amen, to to pray as David. Oh, when will I come before him? 
Amen. We've got to get a hold of this thing. Amen. We need to intercede. Amen. Putting them on the altar. Casting all our cares, as Peter said, upon Him. Because He cared for us. Why are you carrying weights? Why are you carrying things around? When He says, cast it upon Me. Because I care for you. That's intercession. That's, that's putting it out there. Amen. That's supplicating to God. Give Him your cares in your secret closet. Take those things to Him, as the old song says, and leave it there. Amen. You want to pray. Get along with God. Get into that deep things where you can pour out your, your spirit. Amen. Pour right into the church. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, I mean 14, he says, in 14, he says, if the trumpet, you know, gives an, a, a not a clear sound, he says, who's going to prepare themselves to the battle, right? See, you know, I can tip on this dead pew. <laughs> it's giving the sound, right? So you need to have a clear sound when you go to God in prayer. You don't need to be have a troubled mind. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. You want your thoughts and things to be in line, see? You, you want to be clear when you speak. You want, he says, my sheep know my voice. I want him to know mine. <laughs> I want him to be clear when I speak. Amen. We want our voice to be heard clear. Amen. When we speak. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Amen. He goes on, amen. Paul says that first of all, first of all, first of all, that is as a first duty. It's not in every service the number one thing that has to be done. But people has to be taught that prayer is essential. You should always have prayer in your service. You know, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. We need to, to come before him, giving thanks unto his name. That's part of a prayer. It's giving thanks. What has he done for you today? Did he wake you up? Did you give him thanks? Did he take you to work and bring you home? Did you give him thanks? Did he have food on your table? Did you give him thanks? The psalmist says in Psalms 107, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Are you giving God thanks? Are you showing him your appreciation? We should have an attitude of gratitude all the time. You know, that when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, and I thank God for saving me. So it's got to be a duty. That is, as the first duty to be enjoined, the thing to be instructed to others, one of the things that is to be commanded and taught, the thing that is to be regarded with primary concern is prayer. It's got to be. Amen. I would rather pray than do anything else. Amen. We've got to pray. You've got to build this habit in your life. You get in, if you get into the habit of praying, it becomes pretty soon natural. See? So, no matter if I got up here on a Sunday morning and says, Sister Sue, do today's prayer. You would automatically just start praying what God is laying on your heart. See? That's the way it should be. That's why, you know, you shouldn't have to be writing, you know, and, and, and go into a fear panic attack and somebody call on you to pray. It should always be a habit, you know. I can remember when I was in the Army, you know, the first sergeant would say, Sergeant Parker, get out here and march these troops to the child, you know. I just jumped right out there because I knew what to do. It should be the same way. We're soldiers of the Lord. Amen. We should automatically be ready to pray. 
That's what Paul is saying. You know, be in the habit of prayer. If somebody comes to you and they start pouring out their hearts to you, it should be a habit that just says, well, let's pray. Let's pray about it right now. Sometimes we say, well, I'll pray about it. Why not pray right there with them? They're the one who brought the problem to you. Yeah. As, as, the, as the woman says, I brought it to your disciples. And basically what she was saying is they didn't do anything. So now I'm coming to you. No, let's get in the habit. When people come to us with their problems and their situation, they, they're not going to turn you away. They're coming to tell you for a reason. So we should be at that point in our lives to where we can say to them, well, let's pray right now. You know, they, they may not even know how to pray or whatever, but just says, let's hold hands and, and join together that God is going to fix this situation and God is going to take care of it. I guarantee you they're not going to turn you away because they done told you what they needed. See? And so as you take them by the hand and you lead it in prayer and you begin to come up with what God is laying on your heart to begin to say, you can, you know, you can just say, God, I know you hear our heart or his heart, you know, and that God, I'm asking you to meet this need. Let your perfect will be done. You know, let your perfect will be done. If it's something you may not agree with, just says, God, let your perfect will be done. He knows what to do. Amen. So let your perfect will be done. You know, and, and, and to bring their faith and their trust in God themselves, amen. And as a result, amen, you don't know what's going to happen through it all. See, we got to get into this habit of praying. Amen. Pray. Jesus says, you pray, you won't think. It's a duty. Jesus says in Luke seventeen ten, he says, when you have done all those things that are commanded of you, say that we are unprofitable servants. But we have done that, which was what? Our duty to do. And you've got a duty to pray. You've got a duty to supplicate. You've got a duty to intercede. You've got a duty to give thanks. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good for His mercy, and do it forever. One of my favorite psalms is the 136th Psalm. Amen. Twenty-six times. 26 verses, the psalmist says at the end, for his mercy and do it forever. Amen. You, you've got to give thanks to God for his mercy and do it forever. Amen. Praise God. It's that primary duty. It's one of the first things you've got to learn how to do as a child of God. Because you're going to face battles. You're going to face things that's going to come into your life. Amen. You know, and when you, you're going to have to supplicate. And get a hold of God, as I said. So what would you do in your supplication? And God says, no. You're going to keep thanking it? You're going to praise him? All right. See, you've got to get into that habit. This is what Paul says in Second Corinthians 12. He says, I sought the Lord thrice that he would take this thorn out of my flesh. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. (laughs) For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul says, okay, that's the case. Therefore, I gladly rejoice. Because when I am weak, then I'm strong. See, if God says no to your request, you should still worship. You should still be in the habit of praising him. You know, for his goodness to you. See, he knows what's best for us. So we've got to pray continually. Jesus says in Luke 18, 1, I would that men would pray and not faint. In other words, if you pray, you won't quit. The first thing that goes when people stop serving God is prayer. Amen. That's the first thing that usually goes is the prayer life. They pull away from that contact, that relationship with God. You know, that's why Jesus and in, in, in John, he, he says, except you 
eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And the Bible says from that point, many walk with him no more. And he turns to his disciples and says, will you go away also? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we are persuaded thou art the Son of God. See, you've got to learn part of this prayer thing is to get along with God and commune with him yourself. You need to have your own communion. Get your own bread. Get your own grape juice. Sit down and pray and, and, and have communion with God yourself. Because as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he returns again. Keep it in your life. See, you build these habits in your life. Disciples says, Lord, teach us to pray. And you look what happened after he taught them to pray. They got in the habit in Acts 3. What's going on in Acts 3? At the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What were they up on the, when they poured out the Holy Ghost in Acts 2? What was they doing? They was in the upper room. They was praying. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was up there praying. Amen. And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, amen. But before that, what happened? They had to get a replacement for Judas. And they prayed. And they says, okay, God. You know, at the end of Acts chapter 1, it says, okay, who's going to replace Judas? I'm paraphrasing here, okay? That's not what it says there. But basically, that's what it says in Acts 1, in Acts 1. Who's going to replace Judas? It's supposed to be 12. And they prayed, and what they do? They cast lots. And who did the lot fall to? Matthias. And he replaced Judas Iscariot. And then, all of a sudden, after that, and when the day... A Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one quarter, in one place, and suddenly, boom, here comes the Holy Ghost. And it fell upon all of them. And they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. You know, and notice at the end, verse 42, Acts 2, 42, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of prayer, and drinking wine. Right? What did they do? Breaking the bread and in prayers. <laughs> okay. They noticed they did not stop. Why? Because they asked Jesus, teach us. It's the same with us. Teach me thy way, O Lord. You know, and that's what the Psalms just say. You know, Psalms 25, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not any trouble over me. Let none that wait on thee be. Show me thy way. Lord, teach me thy paths. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, Stand ye and ask, Where is the old paths? And walk therein. And you're going to find rest to your soul. The old paths was prayer. The old way of living was prayer. They came together in prayer. They never did anything without prayer. They believed God would answer you know, hear our prayer, O oh God. You know, hear my cry, the psalmist says. Attend unto my prayer from the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. And when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that's so much higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower in the place of mine enemies. Amen. We got to get in the habit here of praying the old way. Amen. They continued in prayer and they have come out of Acts 2. Where are they? Acts 3. Where are they going? Tiptoeing through the tulips, going to pray. Amen. And they come up to the church and here is a lame man laying at the gate called Beautiful, asking of alms. And he's asking alms, alms. And Peter says, look on us. Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And they took him by the right hand and he leaping up steadfast. And he began to leap and walk and praise God right on into the house of the Lord. Amen. That's what it's all about. What was Cornelius doing? Amen. In Acts 10. Amen. 
about the fourth hour of the day, he says, I was praying and fasting, and, and this angel showed up and said to me, Cornelius, thy prayers and thine arms has come up before God for a memorial. You don't build a memorial with one day a week. <laughs> Prayer is a continual thing. You build that memorial. You keep supplicating. You keep interceding. You keep giving of thanks until you build the memorial to God. And I guarantee you, your prayers is going to get answered pretty soon. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They should walk and not quit. You're not going to faint. Then that's what Jesus is saying. I would that men would pray and not faint. I want you to pray, saying, and don't quit. I'm taking you to a better place. Learn his ways, his steps. The steps of a good man is ordered of the Lord. Amen. Get in that secret closet. Look at Isaiah 26, I think it is. Let me see if I got it in my notes. Isaiah 26, 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chamber and shut the door about thee. Hide thyself as it were a little moment until the indignations be overpassed. Come on, let's get along with God to all this injustice and all this foolishness is going on at Passover. Let's get in our secret closets and have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our fainted cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer word turning, you know there's a little fire burning. You find a little talk with Jesus. Make it right. Basically, this is where Jesus is coming from when he says, talk about entering into your secret closet from Isaiah. If there ever been a prophet that talked more about Jesus coming and who he was in his deity, it was the prophet Isaiah. Amen. The Israelites, amen, today, they don't believe in the book of Isaiah. Because they know if they, they cling to the book of Isaiah, they know they're going to realize that Jesus was God and destroy their doctrine. Amen. See, they, they kind of like the Muslim believe Jesus was just a good, good prophet. You know, man, they don't want to see him as almighty God. You talk to an Israeli about that, you know, they don't want to accept that. Because they know their history was that they crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. But Isaiah put the pen to patter to the metal, you know. And so come under this secret chamber. You remember what the woman said in, in, in Acts, I mean, Second Kings, the Shudamite woman, when Eli, Elijah would come by? She said, let's build us a little chamber on the side of our house so that when he passed through, he can turn in. And let's put a little bed, let's put a little lamp, let's put a little table in here for him. So he can relax. Amen. In other words, this is a, she says, I perceive this is a man of God. And so he needs to have a special chamber right here. She, she didn't put him way outside. She said, I want him right close to my house. <laughs> so when he's praying and whatever he's doing, it'll less flow right over into my house. <laughs> you know? Amen. And you know what happened after she had a son? The son dies. Amen. She goes and get the man of God. Yeah, but before she left, she took that kid and laid him right on his bed. And she went and got him and brought him right back to that chamber. Amen. And that's where God raised him back to life again. Amen. We've got to, we've got to get into this thing of called prayer. Amen. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen to stand upright. Amen. So come along in that, that secret chamber. Amen. Get in there. Intercede and supplicate for yourselves and for your family and, and stuff. God, lead me in the right path. Show me thy way, O oh God. Lead me the right way. Amen. So if God says no then you still rejoice. But you know what's best for me. 
Thy will be done. Not my will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. we got to be willing. This is why last week I was talking a little bit about we want to grow in grace. That's what Peter says at the end of the third chapter in Second Peter. He says, but grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You want grace to be so deep within you, amen, that when things say doesn't turn out right, you still can say as Paul, His grace is sufficient. My strength is still made perfect in weakness. Amen. I still know you have my best interests at heart. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to worship you. Amen. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You don't want to be fearful. You don't want to doubt. Amen. What does James says in James 1? My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that it is the trying of your faith that worketh patience. I let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect entire one. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men liberally and unbraided not. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For he that doubteth is like the waves, which is tossed of the sea, tossed and driven. For that man should not receive anything of the Lord. See, double-minded man is unstable as all his ways. See, you don't want to doubt when you go to God. You know, you want to believe, as Paul said, that he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or ever think. That's the God you serve. I got your back. <laughs> Because when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he received the promise. For man verily swear by the greater. And an oath of confirmation is the end of all strife. But God more willing to show the immutability of his counsel, fulfill it by promise. By two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we may have a strong constellation who have laid hope. They may lay hold of the hope that's set before us, even Jesus, the anchor of your soul. Amen. He'll answer. Praise God. Just hold on. Just keep praying. Just keep seeking God. Don't give up. Don't faint. Don't quit. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So when you feel a little prayer, we're turning. You know a little fire's burning. You find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our fainted cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer, we're turning. You know a little fire's burning. You find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my heart seems drear without a worry of cheer. And in a little cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The mist of sins may rise and hide the starry skies. But just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Well, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our fainty cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn and you know, you know a little fire's burning. You'll find, find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. 
Well, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Well, it bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Well, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our fainted cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in, you know a little fire's burning. You'll find, find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to Him in prayer, He knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell Him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in, you know a little fire's burning. You find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Oh, have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell Him all about our troubles. He will he will answer by and by. Well, when you feel a little prayer we're turning, you'll know a little tire's burning. You find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you tonight. Oh, God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your long-suffering, Lord, your blessings upon us. God, fill us with your grace, oh, God, that we will grow with your compassion, your mercy, oh, God, your word of wisdom, your word of knowledge, your faith, your miracles, God, your discernment of spirit, oh, God, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, Lord God, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, and faith, and gentleness, and meekness, God, all the things that flows through the vine of you, Lord, let it flow into us, O oh God, let it flow into our lives, God, that we will continue to be the lights of the world, the cities that are set on a hill, O oh God, that cannot be hidden, O oh God, let us be prepared, God, in our hearts, that when those tomorrow, today, or whenever, God, they come to us, and Bring their needs, O oh God, and they present their cause to us. Let us be ready, God, to join with them in prayer, Lord, and to pray your perfect will upon them, Lord, in their situations, O oh God. Help us, God, to be the servants that you have called us to be, Lord. We truly appreciate your love, God. We thank you, Lord, for no matter what we're going through, God, we know that you are a friend that stick it closer than a brother, Lord, and we love you. We thank you and we praise you tonight. Let your word be in our hearts, God, that we will not sin against thee forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.